Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the John Kincaid Show. If you are that offended by everything in life, this isn't the radio show for you. There's plenty more to choose from because this one will drive you absolutely batty drive you crazy here's john kincaid and welcome aboard we're coming to you live from the rocket mortgage by quicken loan studios when you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time i assure you that rocket can rocket mortgage by quicken loans putting their names on our studios we really appreciate that the john kincaid show on cbs sports radio at tony pierno anthony pierno a fine producer along for the ride and another anthony coming up at 10 right 10 Eastern time? That's correct. Anthony Lima comes up. The Bean, the Bean is on in an hour. Good stuff. They got a uh, they got a really good That's a that's a really good station in Cleveland. Our CBS Sports Radio home in Cleveland. Ken Carmen got Ken uh, Adam the there. Bull who used to hear. Yes. Here. I mean, that's that is a really really uh that is a really really good station up there. Uh I I I know that uh, I know the boss of that station. How about this? The boss of that station actually produced one of my first on-air shifts ever at WIP in Philadelphia. The talented Andy Roth, who is really, really good. Dustin Fox is there, too. The very foxy Dustin Fox. I mean, that's a, that's a really, really strong station, and they get a lot of good uh, reviews because of it. So that's great. Uh, so uh, listen in. Anthony will be coming your way at the top of the hour. So Mike's off. Mike's off. What's Mike doing with his Sundays off? Like, what, what, what do you think he's doing? Other than being in the money room counting his money. Definitely what, like, doing that. I, I mean, that's that's because if I was Mike, I would have a money room. I would have a money room just so you could walk in and just roll around in it a little bit, count it. I'd want to count it, you know, from time to time. Just to know that nobody's been skimming off the top. Swimming it a little bit. Swimming it a swim, little bit. That'd be good. It, yeah. I'm sure Mike's got the kids at the pool. Definitely a lot of golfing. A lot of golf. Mike's a uh, good or 
Like, do you know anything about his golf game? No, I don't. I'm extremely mediocre, so I, I I'm I'm extremely mediocre, so I have no I have no idea I have no idea how to help with that. Uh, as we start this hour of the show, just a note uh, to a guy that I really really admired, and from my years in sports radio, I have been blessed to hang out with you guys. Now, what is our eighth year on CBS Sports Radio? our eighth year of this network, and I really, really love being here. And for the seven previous years, many of you heard this same show. Some of you followed us over here to CBS Sports Radio from ESPN Radio. And I just want to tell you that the first national radio show that I ever appeared on as a host was filling in for Mike Greenberg on Mike and Mike in the Morning at ESPN Radio when Mike Golick was doing the Peach Bowl for ESPN. And this was in the infancy of Mike and Mike. They had barely been on the air, probably around two years, maybe close to it. And Mike Golick used to do the Peach Bowl. He was the color analyst on the Peach Bowl. And so the very first time I was asked to fill in on the network, and I had done no network radio at the time, I was asked to fill in for Mike Greenberg. And got to work with Mike Golick. So as you can imagine, I'm nervous as all get out. And the, ne- the night before, I'm exchanging notes with Golick and everything. And he goes, dude, just have fun. He throws the, sort of the dude at me. He's like, dude, just have fun. He could sense that I was a little bit overplanned. And by the way, I still overplan even today. And he's like, look, we're just going to have fun. Just have fun. Don't worry about all these plans. Let's, let's, let's not do that. And it was so awesome to be made to feel at ease by somebody of, uh, who was sitting in a big chair at the time. He was so welcoming. He was so cool. And he always was. And I got to fill in for Greeny a few times. And then that led to filling in for Colin for five years and filling in for Dan Patrick and filling in for others. So between Dan Patrick, Mike Greenberg, uh, excuse me, Mike Golick, Dan Patrick, uh, Mike Tarico, Scott Van Pelt, and all the people, it all really, really started a lot of times with, with what I got to do with uh, Mike and Mike in the morning. And for Mike Golick, he is going to, uh, he's still got a lot of stories to tell. He's got a lot of opinions to share. And if you ever wondered how a guy stays in a job like that, that long, that successfully, it's because of the fact that they're completely relatable. And I can assure you that, the Mike Golick that I got to know a little bit is absolutely a guy who's completely relatable in real life too. So congratulations to Mike Golick on an amazing run. And I'm sure there's a lot more stories to be told. The, uh, there is a, there's a strange thing that we, you know, when we, when we talk about a lot of the social issues that are going on right now, and there is a controversy around the WNBA And Senator from Georgia, Kelly Loeffler, uh, is getting criticized because she wrote a letter, which got leaked, where she was telling the WNBA management, saying, I don't think it's good to brand our sport with Black Lives Matter. Which, of course, was an incredibly unpopular take. And I'm sure that she had to realize 
that putting that down in writing or sharing anything like that would be considered highly, highly controversial. And uh, I can understand both sides of the coin, and I'll tell you it here. In a sport where African-American athletes are leading the charge and are the one center stage for the most part, absolutely, finding a place for the message of Black Lives Matter within the WNBA and the NBA was incredibly important. A few weeks ago, we talked about the the NBA allowing players to have messages of social justice on the back of their uniforms. And I spoke on this show about what I considered to be the dangers of doing that. And I guess it ends up being sort of like the same message that Kelly Loeffler is getting killed about. The idea that if it becomes too polarizing, the messaging becomes too polarizing, the messaging becomes too political, that you are going to run people off, that you can run a portion of your fan base off, which isn't important. So I absolutely understand those who believe the NBA and WNBA must be strong on messaging about Black Lives Matter. And I agree with it 100%. And I saw the, uh, the messages that are going to be put on the back of the uniforms, and I couldn't agree more that they are positive. They have a positive message. They have an uplifting message. And I believe that nobody should be of the mindset that they are in any way polarizing or going to run off business. So Kelly Leffler on that, I understand where her concern's from, but I also understand the importance of doing it. But here's where I do not, I want to at least give both sides of the coin. There were WNBA players and otherwise that are making comments or members of the media saying, yes, she's profiting off of African-American athletes. And she's profiting off of their hard work and their skill set, so she should be in full support of this. May I just bring this level of factual evidence to the table? Any owner in the WNBA is not profiting. Any owner in the WNBA is losing their shirt. I'm going to go to Adam Silver himself. Adam Silver in 2019, so even a year ago, before the pandemic and everything, on a conference call with reporters, and this is in various publications, the WNBA has never been able to not lose $10 million any season of its operation. It has always operated at a minimum of a $10 million loss. So yes, if you have an opinion against Kelly Loeffler, You have every right to have that opinion if you believe, yes, she should be about uh, supporting, that the the sport should be about supporting Black Lives Matter. I got you. I'm going to tentatively agree with you as long as it's done the right way. But anybody who is trying to spin that Kelly Leffler is, is profiting off of a WNBA team knows nothing about the WNBA. Adam Silver could have a, a bucket of money out on Fifth Avenue and could burn it as efficiently as the WNBA has been. It is not a profitable venture. It is not a money-making venture. It is not something where uh, the WNBA is earning its keep, where the WNBA is paying its own way. No, it's not. 
So let's just keep the conversation honest, because guess what? Both sides have valuable things to say. But anybody trying to spin that, well, she's profiting off of all of it. No. She could take money in the back of her estate in Georgia and just burn it. And and, and be just effective. In fact, why do these people own WNBA teams? Why do these individuals decide to own these kind of ventures? Go back to your business classes in college. Why do they do it? They do it because it's a great write-off. It's a great way to get a little relief on their tax burden. That's why they're doing it. Because there's nothing about being a WNBA owner that says, oh man, we're buying a WNBA team and now we're going to get rich. Uh, So I confronted Shaquille about it on the podcast, Anthony. He said to me, WNBA's are we discussed the topic. And he said, no, WNBA's great. And I said, okay, Shaq. The Atlanta franchise is, they're, they're, they're looking for an owner then. Step up, Shaq. That's what I told him. And he starts, uh, you know, uh, and I said, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You just told me it's a great venture. So why don't you buy it? He's a smart businessman. Yeah, you know if Shaq thought it was a good opportunity. Exactly. He, he jumped right jump on it. it. <laughs> In the city of Atlanta, he'd jump right on it. And he goes, I could work some of my Shaq magic around the team. I said, there is no doubt in my mind that if Shaq bought the Atlanta dream, that he could make them the most popular team in the WNBA. There's no doubt in my mind. He's still not going to make money. (laughs) He's still not going to make money. But let's just be honest about the conversation. If we're going to have the conversation, let's just be honest. Nobody is profiting owning a WNBA team. It is like, uh, it, it is honestly, it's taking your 401k and lighting it on fire. That's what it is. So let's be honest. It is not a profitable venture. It is a more of a goodwill venture, honestly, is what the, is what, how the sport is. It's a goodwill venture. It's the way it works. The, uh, there is a problem, though, and we talk about this topic. And if I could, Anthony, hear once again from the, the very esteemed, I guess he's a doctor now. You're going to have to listen to it himself. Greg Popovich talked when he arrived in Orlando Pops talked about arriving in the bubble and everything like that. I didn't know he was a doctor, but obviously he's gotten a medical degree in the time that he's been off here. From an intellectual point of view and a medical point of view, I would have to say not probably, but I am safer here if this bubble works. I'm safer here than I would be in Texas, Hmm. uh, for sure, as you see what's going on there. Uh, And since the decision was made to do this, to, to start the season again under these circumstances uh, with all the precautions. What a great opportunity uh, to make race a upfront, uh, basically uh, most important uh, activity that happens on a social level while we're here. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. See, this is where I think it's, it's dangerous. The NBA, people are dying to see the NBA come back, wanting to be entertained, wanting to see LeBron do his thing, wanting to see Kawhi do his thing, wanting to see if the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis are truly the best team in the NBA. But according to the intellectual and medical, he, first of all, he leads off his statement as, well, from an intellectual 
and medical point of view. Hey, Pops, last time I looked, you're not a doctor. So you do not have a medical point of view on this. There is no medical point of view. I don't have one. You don't have one. Stop portraying yourself as having one. But an intellectual point of view, because let me just tell you, I'm smarter than you. I'm Greg Popovich, so I'm much smarter than you. Just sit back and listen. Just listen to me. I'm so intellectual. I have more intelligent opinions than you do. I'm Greg Popovich. Don't you understand? The NBA coming back is awesome for fans around the country. But when he says it's important that race be the most important activity about this recongregation of the NBA, that's where I think this gets dangerous. Should it be a part of it? Absolutely. Should it be a a focus of public service announcements, uh, player messages on the back of the uniforms? I got you. Double thumbs up. But if Greg Popovich actually believes that people are clamoring for the NBA to be be back because of race relations issues, and let's, let's make that the focus, I think he's out of his mind. By the way, that's not a medical point of view. Because I, unlike Greg Popovich, I'm I'm not a doctor. And I will tell you that point blank. He obviously got a medical degree at some point. He's much smarter. Oh, and by the way, Dr. Popovich, I'd be safer here in this bubble than I'd be in Texas. You see what's going on there? Uh, Can we bring facts into the discussion, doctor? You're in the 25th most likely state to die of COVID. Florida. The 25th most likely state for someone to die of COVID. If this bubble works, I'm safer here than I would be in Texas. No, you wouldn't. Because you see you're in the 25th state. You left the 40th most likely state to die in. Meaning that 39 more states are more deadly than Texas. Now that doesn't fit your talking points, coach. But it if does this fit bubble the works, I'm yeah. safer here than I would be in Texas. No, you really aren't. In fact, you're significantly not. In deaths per capita, Texas is 40th. Why are you spinning tails, doctor? From a medical and intellectual point of view. Unbelievable. We're going to get a uh, view of the world of Major League Baseball coming back. Can't wait for this. So excited for this. Chris Cotillo joins us next. It's the John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the John Kincaid Show. Welcome back to the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. Thank you so much for joining us on the John Kincaid Show. And I'll open up the phone lines at the bottom of the hour so you have plenty of time to voice your final opinions this week. I don't know how hot it is where you are, but it is. I mean, I just stared at the weather app and now I'm like, okay, I'm out. I am out. Just keep the air conditioning flowing, please. All you people at the power company who keep working. God bless you. God bless you. By the way, management here turns down the air conditioning on the weekends. Big time. Way too much. I should be treated better than that. Let's go to our uh, phone lines where we're going to be joined by Chris Cotillo, who joins us, Major League Baseball insider. He writes about the Red Sox, but he knows the entire league inside and out. MassLive.com. You can follow him on Twitter, too, like I do. Chris, 
Good morning to you. Are you ready to get back to talking about real baseball? And are you confident we will be able to do that? Yeah, it's a loaded question. It's the, uh, it's the question of the month, but uh, I'm definitely excited to get back to it. You know, obviously it's been a lot of uh, you know, t- writing about negotiations, writing about uh, the tension between the league and the Players Association for months, and I don't know how many different non-update updates I had to write over that time, but at least in the last 10 days with summer camp back here and, and having to go to Fenway Park, uh, you know, it's been uh, feeling like a little bit of normalcy. Obviously, there is going to be nothing normal about this season when you look at all the testing protocols and all that stuff, and you know all these guys testing positive. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff that um, is, you'll never see again in baseball, and a lot of rule changes and all that. But it's good to be writing about you know yesterday, for example, a rotation competition or how the Red Sox bullpen is going to stack up. It feels like uh, that's a good distraction right about now. Do you believe the – I was trying to break it down yesterday, just take a glance at it. I think the East is the worst place to be this year. Playing playing in either of the Easts, I think the schedule mm-hmm. just looks nasty compared to it the is. others, the other paths. Yeah, no, it's tough. I mean, uh, you know, for the Red Sox, not only do you have to face the Rays and the Yankees, who are two of the best teams in the American League, but you're also um, – if you're facing the National League East for 20 games, those are other than the Marlins. So Red Sox only have three games against them. It's four pretty good teams. You know, Atlanta and Washington are top contenders. The Mets and Phillies are going to be good, too. So, for the Red Sox, I think 29 of their 60 games come against teams that were in the playoffs last year. That doesn't even count. Uh, the Mets and Phillies were good. So, um, and it's tough. And I think the Red Sox even have it a little bit tougher. They have seven of their uh, games against the Yankees are at Yankee Stadium. Just the scheduling court. People here are up in arms about that. And six of their ten games against the Rays are on the road to try to get on the field. So when it's unbalanced like that, teams are going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage here and there. But, um, you know, over 60 games, you just need to get hot. Maybe without fans in the stands in most of these places, home field advantage won't matter. Chris, in a 60-game season, I'm making you the general manager. You are general manager Poobah of the team. Do you want an old-school manager or a new-school manager for this 60-game sprint? And why? Uh, you kind of need – the perfect mix. I think, you know, in this case, experience is, is really helpful. You know, I just read about today, Ron Renneke here with the Red Sox, 40 years in baseball, he's seen it all. He hasn't seen exactly this, but, um, you know, I think it's, it's a good fit just because he's not a first-year manager. It's not his first year at the club because he's the bench coach for the last two years, but um, you want someone who really knows your players, knows what's best for them, and cares about them as people, I think, first and foremost, and then um, kind of mixing in that, uh, aggressive style. You can't be passive as a manager over 60 games. You have to treat every game as a playoff game. Go to relievers early. Use your best relievers. You know, use guys in different roles and multi innings, and um, really try to win every game because every game is two and a half times more important than it would be in a regular 162 game season. So we'll see uh, managerial styles change. I don't know if we'll see you know more bunting and stuff like that in late innings. Obviously, that role with the runner on second base. Uh, start the tenth is going to change some things, and it's going to make managers manage like they've never uh, had to do before. But I expect aggressive managers, and, um, and over the course of a sixty-game season, I wouldn't even really expect any firings. I think that's just a, uh, an impossible task to, to hold these guys up to a, a firing um, during, you know, considering what's going on right now. Chris, it's a uh, the guy who covers a beat and does it really, really well, especially in the print media back in the day, is the guy who has the best insights, creates the best relationships. Can you create the best relationships, cultivate them, and continue them when you have very, very limited access to players? 
Yeah, that's a great question, and that's what we're all facing. Uh, at least the, the playing field is even on that. But all of our access here, I assume, you know, through the whole season, at least right now, is, is done via Zoom. So even though we're going into the ballpark every day, we're, gonna, we're zooming down to the interview room, and um, it's all you know, group one-on-one, uh, group settings. There's no one-on-ones unless you request them and you feel like you only have a, a select amount of bullets uh, you know you can use with that where you're on a uh, only request a few one-on-ones throughout the season, um, you know, as opposed to during a normal year when you're in the clubhouse and you can go up to whoever you want on any given day and, and bug them, and uh, you have an hour in there every day. So it's very different. Um, you know, there's going to be uh, everybody's kind of writing the same story right about now because we have one or two players and the manager available every day. It is tough to cultivate those relationships. I think, you know, the people who stand out are the people who – are able to do the uh, kind of the off the books relationships. You know, you, t- you text the guy and, and have him call you, or you able to get stuff um, off the record. I think those will shine, and we're already seeing that be the case. But it's definitely changing the way um, we're having to do business, and I assume it'll be that way for the rest of the season. I know you've seen, uh, you've probably heard some of this. I know I've certainly seen it. Uh, talking to a few uh, players that I get contact with personally, they've told me they really like not having press in the, while they're getting dressed. They really like not having to be as scrutinized yep. as they are. I wonder if this is going to be something that's negotiated in the next CBA that may be yeah, limited I, access. You I, know? I totally think it's possible. Um, you know, there's a debate, will we ever be let, let in the clubhouse again? I hope so. I think it's a really important part of our jobs. And, um, you know, obviously the Baseball Writers Association recognizes that and is going to argue, argue it, but, um, you know, this might be the perfect excuse for baseball to say uh, we've had enough of that. The players don't want it. Um, you know, I don't think the players generally have uh, a great understanding of, of what that time is for. Um, and I will say, I don't think that the current time the current time we have in there is is um, you know a great use of everybody's time. They say it's going an hour um, or an hour and a half on the road, and it's a lot of writers standing around talking to other writers and yes. Not hiding out. There. Yes, the players, hiding out. Yeah, the players go in the lounge, they go in their meetings, so it ends up being really a waste of time. And I've said, and it's not like I'm some veteran writer who's been around forever, but, you know, two, two years on the beat now and five or six years doing this, uh, at least as a part-timer before that, I, I think that you should make it so there's 20 to 30 minutes of these guys. They have to be at their lockers for 20 minutes. Give us the opportunity to go talk to them. And that's it, yeah. And Chris, sure and what are you talking available. about? I, I've seen you. You're shaving now. I mean, now that wasn't when you started. When you started in this sports media industry, you're one of the young guns, and 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 you're 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 navigating a new age of this from the beginning yeah. of your career, which is great. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm 24 now, so that's amazing. No, still, still considered one of the young guns. But are you feeling it? Are you yeah. are you are you feeling? Are your bones starting to ache and everything? You know, it's yeah, really, it's not, man, not you old. Yet. You're really old, man. <laughs> Damn, that's terrible. Can I ask you a question, personal question? How old's your yep. dad? Uh, he just turned 57. Okay, so your dad's older than me. Okay, thank God. Okay, that at least <laughs> makes me feel not slightly as old. Chris, I love your work. I always follow on you on Twitter and everything. So uh, everybody jump on board with him and follow along. And we're going to get to talk baseball with you again soon. So thanks for your time, man. Yep, thank you. Appreciate that's it. great.
It's becoming your Sunday habit. This is the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. Do you get your screen time report, Anthony, during the during the show or not? Or you not have? No, no. So I get the screen time report. Comes up always during the 9 o'clock hour Eastern time of the show for the past week. So we're going to play Price is Right. It tells you the percentage of time you spent on your devices last week in percentage up or down from the previous week get it within five percent up or down you're up ten percent oh my gosh i was up eight percent that's really good thank you you won the uh, recliner and um the uh the women's home beauty segment so there you go you got it uh, get on in with us, 855-212-4CBS, if you wish to. 855-212-4CBS. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the show, and I'll say it again, and I'll give you a little of my closing arguments. The, um, the Adrian Wojnarowski story, he's suspended by ESPN for sending an FU email on company email to a senator who dared to critique the NBA on their absolute silence on China and Hong Kong and civil rights and human rights violations that go on there every day a hundred times worse than go on in this country. Awful. Disgusting. But it makes the NBA millions, so many of the same people who love to speak out about what's so bad going on here won't say a word about China or Hong Kong. And I mean you, Pops, and I mean you, Coach Woke, Steve Kerr. You see, you can't be conveniently woke. First of all, I wonder, why would Adrian Wojnarowski be so moved to send somebody an FU email, a senator, an FU email, to defend the NBA and its absolute silence on human and civil rights violations? Is that what this knot is supposed to be about right now? Understanding and recognizing Violations of human rights, violations of civil rights. Isn't that where we're supposed to be all united? Why would an NBA reporter be so adamant to say F you to a senator on company email about something that we should all be united on, right? We should all be united on. It's a disgusting disgrace that the NBA is silent on the human and civil rights violations that go on in Hong Kong, where the citizens just had their civil rights and their human rights just stolen from them. And in China, forever. Oh, but no, 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 no. Not if it lines the pockets of the same people who want to preach to you all the time about said issues. Guys, if you want people to pay attention to your message and you want people to embrace your message, As Chris Long, former NFL player, Chris Long said this week, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can be concerned to see social justice and changes in America, and we can speak out against anti-Semitism, like in Deshaun Jackson's week in the news, or in what the NBA does in China and Hong Kong to profit off of people who are absolutely being exploited every single day. You can do both. You can walk and chew gum at the same time. Can't be conveniently woke, guys. Can't be conveniently woke. Well, we're, we're caring about it. We're, 
Malcolm Jenkins. Well, we're worrying about this right now. We're not talking about anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism is just going to distract from what we're talking about. You're out of your mind. You're absolutely out of your mind. Mitch in New Jersey joins us. Mitch, you're on the John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. How are you? Good, John. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, well, Mitch. What's uh, going on? Well, you, you you have a good show. You can bring it. Just, just not last uh, two minutes there. I, I throw in some things. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Sure. I, I don't know if some of these football players thought um, the Hogan's Heroes was based on fact. <laughs> um, China, I, I can't stand them for what they, how they treat animals. I don't want to bring them to dogs and cats. It's 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 so despicable and, and evil. It's it's incredible. But let me stay on. Um, let me stay on the sports here. Yes. First of all, uh, small world. I, I don't know why they're breaking up uh, my goal. I always say, I say this around the house. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Um, I tell my wife with... that, and then she goes and buys something new. That's, you know. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm the king of my castle. So, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I believe me. I am the, I, <laughs> I'm the, I am the pool boy at my house, and we don't even have a pool. That's how bad it is. Oh, but as long as it's more good than bad and, and stay yes. safe. Um, with with baseball, it's, it's 60 games. A fastball's a fastball. You got to hit the slider. My Dodgers are looking good. I want them to sign um, a Harper, but I know they have uh, Cody Bellinger, and I think uh, Corey Sager's going to have a breakout year. He's going to get over his injuries, and well, he's my if, favorite Dodger. If the Dodgers don't win it this year, I got to run. Thank you, Mitch. If the Dodgers don't win it this year, I'm convinced that it's, maybe they're just never going to. Because this is a perfect setup for the Dodgers to be able to steamroll people. Can they do it? We're going to find out. I would think the over-under on the Dodgers has got to be like 42 wins. I'll put it 41 and a half. That's an easy schedule. They should be cruising to the best record in the National League. Uh, Jerry and Charlotte joins us. Jerry, welcome to the John Kincaid Show. How are you this morning in Charlotte? Hey, John. How are you doing, man? Thanks What's for going taking on? my call. Uh, listen, I love your show. Thank you, buddy. Uh, but we're talking about this Black Lives Matter and how to display it and how to show it. Why don't the uh, the pro teams and the college teams, if you want to do that, why don't they uh, agree to have somewhere on their jersey a patch that says uh, BLM, Black Lives Matter? Uh, that would That's that not- would. I think that would be a I think that would be a, a fine thing. I see though I, I saw the the messages that are going to be back in the NBA on the back of the NBA jerseys and I was very tentative on this. I said it a few weeks ago. I said though I understand the need for the messaging. I was wondering is this going to become too political or run people off? I think the messages that are going to be on the back of the uniforms absolutely are fantastic. I, and I don't think that in any way they will uh, alienate people. Let's put it that way. They're not going to alienate reasonable people, and I think it's going to end up being a good thing. Well, I hope so, and I hope yeah, that's I hope the way so it turns too. out. And I hope it's unifying. But, well, I do too. And But there's the other thing I want to know. I know Black Lives Matter, and I'm behind that movement all the way, and I know they do matter. I'm just uh, concerned that uh, the, the, the message that I'm getting is that the whole protest movement is against police brutality and injustice in the just in the judicial system uh but i think it should also apply to their own neighborhoods we just well, had an incident in sure we yeah just- i mean and i and i get you and i appreciate that i think what what needs to be done is again i would say walk and chew gum walk and chew gum at the same time 
You can do you can do both. You can do both. That's what you need to do. You need to be able to address policing your own community and your own community members and doing that very well where you're actually looking out for each other and not letting stuff go on in your neighborhood. But you also need to make sure that the people who are policing your neighborhood are doing it responsibly, professionally, and fairly. And I think you can do both. Again, I think you can do both. But unbelievable. It's a, uh, it is, it's, it's a different it's a different day and age. 2020 will be a year that none of us ever, ever forget. And I hope that it's going to be for good reasons. And I hope that it's going to be for, for the best things. Uh, Anthony, I don't know if you saw the exchange between me and Pat Forty the other night on Twitter. No, I'm going to have to but, go back and look, should I? Well, I, went after, yeah, well, I, went, I went after Pat on an opinion, respectfully, because he's a guy that I really respect, and him and I have had a great relationship over the years. But I was like, Pat, I'm really shocked here. He was just saying that he was calling out the, gov- the uh, senator for grandstanding on exposing Woj for the FU email. And I said to him, I said, look, I get, I get your point, and I think it was grandstanding too. I think that the senator used it for political purposes. Absolutely. So I agree with him. But I'm like, don't bury the message here. Woj is absolutely 100% incorrect to do that. He, he's the one who is incorrect in doing that. He should be the one that never does that again and does something like that again. And by the way, you've heard me talk about it before, and I'll say it again because I had a gentleman saying to me today, you are such a cop-out. You know point blank that if you or anyone like you, and I love that, anyone like me, okay, sent an email to AOC saying F you, you'd be out of a job. Okay? Here's what I would say to you, sir. Though on many issues, I do not agree with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And that's not a political show. We don't get into it, but there are many things we do not agree on. But first of all, I would never be disrespectful to a woman like that. And second of all, on my company email, if I did that, I would expect to be fired. But he heard me earlier on in the show. If you're one of those cancel culture people that is saying, Woj needs to be fired, he'd be fired if he did that. Enough of that. If you're offended by cancel culture and you don't like cancel culture and you think cancel culture is a bad thing, then don't support it. Don't support it. Adrian Wojnarowski apologized, acknowledged that he shouldn't have done it, reached out to the senator personally, and is serving a suspension. Enough. He's handling it man-to-man with the email that he sent. He apologized for it, and his employers are suspending him. I mean, what do you need? Do you need a pound of flesh? Do you need to see that somebody's going to lose their job and, and, and you feel good with 280 characters? I don't know Woj, by the way, and I got accused by another guy. Oh, I can't believe you're such a cop-out on this. You know he was wrong. Yes, I know he was wrong. But you know what? Someday, behind a microphone, I may do the same exact thing. Someday, on an, I, on an email, I promise you I never will. I promise you I never will. 
but on a on a on a, on a on whatever on an interaction, I may do the same thing. And you know what? I want God's grace behind me. I want somebody to say. He's had a really good career. He's been a really good guy. He's never done something like this. We're going to punish him. He's going to apologize. He's going to be publicly contrite. And then we're going to move on. I hate cancel culture. I hate every one of you. And I don't care what side of the fence you're on that you feel the need to do that. Take away people's livelihood. You're the worst part of our society. For God's sakes, any one, of you, any one of you that's involved in that whole cancel woge, whatever. And by the way, the people who are saying free woge, you're just as bad. You're just as bad. Can you never acknowledge it was a crappy thing to do? But you know what? The guy's really, really good at his job. And if he had a career of doing stuff like this, I'd be totally different. If he had a career of, of treating people poorly and acting like a jerk, I would totally agree with you. But he doesn't. He doesn't. So really, put down the pitchforks for a day, would you? Can we have a little kindness? Can we have a little grace? Because guess what? And I'm not, I'm not getting religious with you here, but let's just put it honestly. There is going to be a day when every single one of us is going to need someone's grace. Someone to be graceful with us. Whether it's an employer, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a friend. And I know I want it. So you know what I try to do? I try to find it for others because I'm going to want it someday. I don't know the day I'm going to need it, but I assure you I'm going to want it. So maybe we just do that. Maybe that's our our homework for the week. Man, loosen up, people. Loosen up. Looking forward to a big weekend, big week ahead. Don't miss it. Stay with CBS Sports Radio all week long. Tony Pierno, another great job. Follow at Tony Pierno on Twitter. He's a very good dude. Thanks, Pete McCarthy. And thank you for being a part of my family here on this show every single week. John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.